This is All Things ANSYS, a podcast from the technical support staff at PADT, episode 79. We are joined by Brent Stucker from ANSYS, Inc. to discuss all the great things going on with ANSYS Additive Suite of Products, which is used for simulating 3D printing, along with news and events. Welcome to 2021. I'm Eric Miller, one of the owners of PADT, and uh, welcome to this year's first podcast of all things ANSYS. I'm recording this on January 8th, um, and well, 2021 has been about as sucky so far as most of 2020. So after this, we were talking about this today, how how this has not been a good start to the year. Um, uh, with a few people at PADT, we concluded that the bad 2020 didn't really start till around April. So we expect the full calendar year of 2020 um, to. Uh, it's not a calendar year, right? So it'll it it'll won't be done with its nastiness till maybe April. So um, let's hope that things get better very quickly. Um, speaking of which, COVID has hit uh, both my family and our PDT, PADT family. Not bad. For home, it's it's not been bad at all. My 18-year-old had mild symptoms, and I've been sick. You can hear it a little bit in my voice, but um, you know I haven't. Uh, haven't really had it bad and I haven't tested positive as well, but, um, I haven't been anywhere and he has it. So I figure that's what it is. Um, yeah, you probably read in the news that Arizona has widespread virus. And, uh, even if you're super safe, it's almost impossible if you leave your house to avoid. So, so our employees, unfortunately, and very sadly have lost family members and, uh, a few have been sick themselves so far. Um, even though it's been pretty bad for some, they've all come through it. Okay. And no lasting impact so far. So, um, you know, my, our heart goes out to everybody dealing with this virus. Um, you know, it's been at arm's length really for most of this pandemic, but it's getting closer and closer. Um, and hopefully we get the vaccine soon. So, um, let's, let's, uh, I'll hope for that. And I hope every, all of you listening have, have been able to deal with this in a positive way. Uh, a bit about the podcast. I looked at the numbers for last year and we're slightly up, but averaging about 600 downloads a month. So I want to thank everybody for subscribing and sharing the podcast. Uh, please keep it up. Let other people know about it. Um, we have a great slate of episodes planned, uh, in the coming months and, and throughout the year. So we look forward to talking about answers with you. Uh, and speaking of which, uh, we're starting the year with a great interview. Brent Stucker is one of the co-founders of a company called 3D Sim. That's the 3D printing simulation software company that Ansys acquired about three years ago. Um, he's been the project manager for the additive line for some time now and recently moved over to really be the senior technical role for the additive product suite. Um, it was uh, nice of him enough for him to join us today uh, and talk about the history of Ansys additive, where it is today, and where it's headed. So it's really good stuff. Um, please uh, take a listen. I want to welcome everybody to our discussion today on ANSYS Additive, and we're very lucky to have Brent Stucker here on the phone with us, who uh, has a lot of different uh, responsibilities around the Additive product line. I'll let him explain what that is. Brent, why don't you introduce yourself and uh, what your role is right now at ANSYS? All right. Thank you. Yeah, my name is Brent Stucker, and I've been with ANSYS for just over three years ago when they acquired our company, 3D Sim. And for most of the past three years, I was the director of additive manufacturing within ANSYS. So I had supervisory and planning responsibility for the additive product line. More recently, I've shifted to a distinguished engineer role where I no longer manage the product development, but instead 
interact primarily with our partners and customers to help them get the most out of our software as well as just help them understand how to best create a good strategy for additive manufacturing within their company. Very cool. Very cool. Um, so I, I think a good place to start is really if if you could give us some history on, you know, 3D SIM and then the ANSYS additive product kind of from from how did you come up with the idea and how did where did this company start and all that stuff? Yeah, sure. Well, the, the journey actually started 27 years ago when I got into the metal additive manufacturing research community in academia as a PhD student. So I started out um, doing research and developing some materials and metal and ceramic composites for, for additive manufacturing years ago and then went on to have an academic career at University of Rhode Island and Utah State University with some some trips to sabbaticals to Finland and then uh, ending up at University of Louisville as my last location in my academic uh, kind of journey. And throughout that that journey uh, within academia, we had spent almost two decades trying to understand the relationship between process parameters and microstructure and performance characteristics of all these different alloys. And how do you design a better process? How do you design a better material? Once you have that process and material combination, what are the properties and how can you create parts that would be qualifiable um, with some sort of scheme using additive manufacturing. And, and after years and years of experiments, decided, well, there's got to be something more efficient than mm -hmm. taking an entire PhD project to prove that you can use a particular material on one machine. And, um, you know, the, this sort of also came to the head, if you think about in additive manufacturing, this GE fuel nozzle was a huge mm -hmm deal where people talked about that a lot. And, and based upon my understanding of the time and cost it took, it was tens of millions of dollars of development to produce a qualifiable process for that one geometry. And again, wow. most companies can't afford to spend tens of millions <laughs> of dollars to qualify a single geometry for production, right? Now, in that case, it's going to save billions of dollars. Right. Um, so it's worth it. So, right. but there's very few parts like that. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. that, that's kind of the history and the background. And so somewhere around 2010, I started to work with Depankar Pal, who ended up being a um, co-founder of 3D Sim. And we started to think about what if we applied simulation to some of these problems that we were trying to solve experimentally. And uh, between 2010 and about 2014, we, we had several million dollars of funded research on developing new uh, algorithms to predict the type of phenomena that we had been experimentally playing with. And uh, in 2014, we thought, oh, we've got enough enough success that we should start a company and try to get this commercialized. And so, um, you know, we, we talked to some, some people who had been around in the industry a long time who had been very successful entrepreneurs in additive manufacturing and had been friends of mine because I'd known them for two decades. And they said, yeah, we're in, we'll, we'll help fund this uh, startup. And so we went out and hired some great people and, and, Pulled and in the end, uh, founded it with myself and Dupont Carpal and Nachiket Patil and uh, went out and, and started 3D Sim. And for the first year, we were 
the the co-founders were all still kind of straddling the fence between academia Mm -hmm. and entrepreneurship. But in 2015, we decided uh, we needed to be all in (laughs) in order to make this successful. So we moved the company actually from Louisville to Kentucky to Park City, Utah, so that we could be close to this great software talent in the Salt Lake City metropolitan area. And then a couple of years later, decided, hey, we can't really compete against these huge um, simulation companies very well in the global marketplace. We really needed to join one of them rather than compete with all of them. And uh, through a through a process of you know winnowing down who would be the best partner, Ansys emerged and put an offer on the table that ended up being a really good offer for us then to merge 3D Sim technology with Ansys technology in the additive arena. And we closed that in November 2017, and then the rest of has been through Ansys. So that's kind of the the quick, cool. you know, I guess, almost three decade journey here in yeah. a, a couple minutes. <laughs> Your overnight success, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. the way it always is, right? That's that's fantastic. I didn't realize that it, it started that long ago. That's that's fantastic. Um, so so that that brings me to my next question, which is uh, for our listeners to to hear from the person that knows best, probably at Ansys. Can can you give us kind of a high level overview? of the product suite, because it's not just one product, right? It's multiple tools for additive manufacturing. Yeah, happy to do that. Ad, when, you, when you think about what do you need help from software, and particularly physics-based mm-hmm. predictive simulation software for an additive manufacturing, there's a number of areas. And we're trying to bring all these areas together into a unified suite. So one of the areas you need is how do I just design the geometry in the first place? And there's a lot of tools like topology optimization and lattice optimization. And then you might want to do really quick um, types of what if scenarios. So we're merging all of that type of design functionality into the discovery product line and, and releasing that in the this upcoming year. So so customers can get sort of previews of that this coming year and that should be fully released within a year from now. But right now, those sit in a combination of tools between say, you know, workbench and, and space claim and some other tools. And again, we're merging all of those design centric tools mm-hmm. into the discovery platform over the, over the next 12 months. Mm-hmm. So then if you think now that I've designed the component, now, how do I set up a machine to build it properly? You've got to choose the orientation and where do I put supports and what are the process parameters? So we have software tools that, um, are to help you with that orientation. And today that's known as our additive prep product to do the orientation mm-hmm. and supports. And then additive print and workbench additive also then allows you to simulate that that orientation and supports to, to look at distortion and how do I compensate for distortion. And again, all of those functions are also being put into the same discovery environment over the next 12 months. And then you have another area, which is what about the microstructure and porosity and Mm -hmm. how do I get just the right process parameters? And we have a whole bunch of tools in a a product um, that we call additive science to look at how do I optimize that process parameter set to get the, the right density and microstructure. So again, additive science is not going in the next 12 months. That's more probably 18 months from now before it'll be fully integrated into the discovery platform. But as you can, as you can hear from this kind of quick overview, we want to take all of this additive related um, 
expertise that exists in about three or four different interfaces today within the ANSYS portfolio, merge them all into one interface so that everyone can work seamlessly uh, from you know designing to setting up the build to predicting process parameters to predicting microstructure all in the same workflow. That's fantastic. I love it. It's come it's come a long way. <laughs> it's uh, pretty amazing. Um, um, so so um, the, the you know we use it at PADT. Uh, we 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 recently you know we've had that small um, machine, the Concept Laser uh, M4, for quite some time. But we just got a larger EOS machine uh, beginning of the year, and uh, uh, it's it's been really great to to pull out those ANSYS tools and use it on that machine. It's been, uh, you know, it's, we've been on along the journey as a user and, and they just keep getting better and better at every release. It's been, it's been a really powerful tool for us. Um, and, and speaking of using it, um, is there a user story out there that, that you can share? Cause there's some great stories, but the, you, the customers always say, well, you can't tell anybody, but is there anything you can share? That's kind of a user story that excites you, uh, that people are using ANSYS additive. Sure. I mean, there's there's so many stories, but as you said, there's a lot of them don't let us share those mm-hmm. stories. I think some of my top users right now that I, I get most excited about interacting with because they will allow us to talk about it are probably, you know, Siemens Energy and Baker Hughes and, and maybe some universities. But let me just briefly talk about each each of those. Right. Siemens right. Energy, um, they're, they're involved in a lot of um, – Power generation components, you know, they, these are not uh, air, aerospace engines, but they're power generation engines, which have mm-hmm. similar designs. And they're finding um, that they use the entire suite or portfolio. So they'll, they'll do topology and lattice optimization to really zero in on these really lightweight designs for um, blades and assemblies and, and, you know, channels that you need to move uh, fluid through. So they'll use, they'll use fluent, they'll use ANSYS mechanical to do the fluids and heat. Uh, they'll use our additive topo and mm-hmm. latticing tools to, to optimize the geometry. They then use our additive prep to orient and create supports for it. They use additive print to do all the distortion compensation and basically, they're they're using the end-to-end product portfolio just like we envisioned it, Fantastic. and it's really fun to see them presenting all of these case studies. And and so they presented at ASME conferences and other conferences. But it's it's been a great. Um, I don't know. It's it's really neat to see one customer taking the whole chain and do it, doing what we had envisioned, you know, almost a decade ago. Uh, was the potential for simulation right. that. That's always that's always satisfying when when that vision gets realized and they get real value out of it. Um, I'll also point out to our listeners that the name of the company is Siemens, um, which which you know that's a competitive product as well, and they they use the ANSYS suite quite heavily. So we're very proud of that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think another customer that's been really uh, a great engagement, and we've also publicly talked about this partnership, is with Baker Hughes. Mm-hmm. And um, again, this is in the you know oil and gas and energy sector. It just happens to be that both of these are energy related. Um, but in the Baker Hughes um, engagement, we're looking more at oil exploration and and mm-hmm. changing designs for. 
low volume production of these uh, oil and gas fixtures and rigs and then emergency repair services where you really quickly have to get something back out to the field because you can lose millions of dollars a day right. when a, a drilling rig or a pumping rig of some kind goes down. And so using simulation in the loop and using um, additive prep and additive print and those types of tools allow you to more quickly respond to these emergency situations. But where where it's been surprisingly um, successful with Baker Hughes, surprisingly because the product was really early, was in their use of additive science. Just as we were putting our additive science tools out in beta, Baker Hughes went all in on how do we optimize the process to get the greatest productivity out of our machines while achieving our density and microstructure metrics? And uh, an early success was they were working on uh, a whole new um, – they wanted to use a different layer thickness in their machine than all the defaults that they had. Okay. And to, to develop a new layer thickness typically takes months and thousands of coupons to find mm -hmm. the sweet spot for power and speed and all of the laser settings that you need for a new layer thickness. And they've done this for a number of other materials and knew they were in for a long slog to do it on this material. And they said, well, let's get additive science a try. And they then simulated thousands of different combinations. They identified, they tried to identify about a dozen of them that they thought would work based upon simulation, but were then hoping to then use experiments to down select from there. And when they ran the experiments, they found that every single one of the combinations that were targeted as as successful using the simulation-based optimization, mm -hmm. they all met their criteria. Great. And so not only did they come up with one, they've come up with a, you know about a dozen combinations that would work. Well, in that case, you can just select the one that you know makes you the most money, right? Mm -hmm. So that's that's an easy that's an easy choice. But um, but that was a, a really early validation from the field of this additive science product, which we've been working on for quite a while. Mm -hmm. That it it really brings the value we were hoping to bring, taking months and thousands of machine and man hours down to you know weeks and very little machine and man hours involved in that and so that, that's been a that's been a really i think our most exciting publicly you know discussable uh, additive science early win Good, good, good. I, I'm very excited about additive science and have been since you guys uh, first started working on it. And I think, I think it's difficult to understate how much of a savings it's going to be uh, when 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 people start using it because of the thousands of coupons, you know, and the, the amount of testing that one has to do. Um, uh, it's just so expensive, and uh, being able to do it in a virtual environment is going to be it's going to be a game changer. So that's, that's really, really cool. Um, so I guess my next question really is, uh, and you kind of talked about this, the integration of the discovery platform and, and bringing um, uh, more of additive science online. Uh, what's next for ANSYS additive that you can talk about? Yeah, so in addition to bringing all of these interfaces together into a unified environment, we're also expanding the types of processes that we're simulating. So 
we're, we're coming out this year with some new capabilities for directed energy deposition. Um, so I should back up and say that the current portfolio is really focused on the sweet spot of laser powder bed fusion. So that's right. where you take a laser and you scan the surface of a bed of powder to melt it. And so that's the main process being used by most of our big customers to produce metal parts. But there's a number of them who also want to deposit metal mm -hmm. as it's being melted. And so you can either use a wire plus a laser or a wire plus electron beam or powder plus laser. There's lots of ways that you can kind of put down material at the same time you're melting it, like an automated welding machine kind of process. Mm -hmm. And and so we've we've started to add a lot more functionality for DED, um, which is uh, the shortened version of that that you know, mm -hmm. the acronym for that category of additive manufacturing technologies. And so we we we're putting out some new ACT extensions here in a in the next couple of months, actually uh, focused on DED to allow us to really improve improve the simulation there. We have some beta and alpha work going on in, in binder jetting. So in binder nice. jetting, you lay down powder and then you print a binder on that. And then you take that part that you make and you put it in an oven to bake it and, and center it. And during that oven process, there's a lot of shape change that occurs. Mm -hmm. And that's really what the difficulty in the process is, is understanding and compensating for that shape change in the oven. So that's where we're focusing all of our simulation tools there. Some of those are, will be out this month for you know early access for people who are workbench mechanical experts. And once we really nail that with our consortium of what's the best model to use and how do we set up it and, you know, and compensate using this, then we'll add that into the more simple uh, interface, but right now it's more set up for people who are work mix, workbench mechanical um, uh, users. And there's also a, a functionality. I think less people are aware of what we're doing here, but there's um, there's composite simulation is really important for people who are doing like big layups of mm -hmm. using these big. Um, polymer extrusion machines, particularly if they got fiber reinforced extrusion machines they're using with additive manufacturing. And we have a file format that we is a, um, it's a, it's called HDF5, which is a standard format out there in the industry. And we've begun to read in, um, it, you can do you this use this for composite layup, you know, traditional composite layup, but you can also use it for three D printed uh, extruded composite layups, and predict the properties of the part based upon nice. the deposition path that you use to build it. And so we've got one uh, manufacturer that's already you know creating these HDF five, and we're we want to work with quite a few more of these extrusion manufacturers and get them to adopt this this HDF five. Um, output format, because if they just convert their G code into HDF5 and add a little bit of material property data there, we can then read that in and predict the properties. And so then you could say, what if I change the deposition path? What would be the new properties mm -hmm. of my component? And so that that's already out there. Um, it's not well utilized yet because we haven't really gotten enough companies to to start adopting that HDF5 format. But we, we want to continue to do that this year, see if we can sign up some more companies and really help move the bar on adoption of these composite extrusion 3D printing machines. Mm -hmm.
Yeah, it's very exciting. We, uh, you know, we we do that with our Stratasys machines, and uh, we're really looking forward to that being supported. Um, and 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 back to the uh, binder jetting. Um, you know, we we're huge fans of binder jetting metal uh, as a replacement for laser powder bed because of the, the the speed and the volume that you can make. And the problem is sintering. That that's making the green part great. But now I got to center it, and I'm very excited to hear that you guys are working on that because, um, yeah, we we broke a lot of parts <laughs> trying Absolutely. to get, figure that out. It's a very iterative process to get that centering to work, and uh, being able to do that virtually, just as with the powder bed, is going to be, I think, an even bigger advantage, and uh, maybe the enabling technology to get these production uh, powder bed systems, the the binder jetting systems. Uh, to, to reach their full potential that that the market has seen in them. I don't know that uh, they've, they've gotten as far as we had hoped by now. Um, yeah, been- and I, I it's interesting because I started in my work in um, 1993 in, mm-hmm. you know, binder, oh. uh, binder, uh, you know, held together green parts and then furnace centering them and tried and spent years working in that area. And um really we walked away from it in the late nineties because mm-hmm. of this problem with centering, because we right. couldn't really understand if you just put in a new geometry, we had no idea what was going to happen to it in the oven and simulation mm-hmm. tools were just not there at the time. Right. And so it was always a, a trial and error based iterative, you know, zeroing in on the right design to get it to shrink and distort to the correct shape. And I really think um, we're, we're moving away from that really quickly. The predictive centering has already seen a lot of benefits for a lot of geometry types. Good. And I think it's really just a matter of, you know, a, a couple more years of really fine tuning this. And I think binder jetting can really take off. Right. Right. Um, like you said, it's kind of taken off because of the potential for it people are <laughs> yes. investing not not in what it can do but what they think hope it will do in the future <laughs> and without simulation it's really never going to get there but i'm quite confident that we're going to give people what they need through simulation uh, because of the early success we've already seen in our consortium and in our experiments Good. excellent very excited to hear that um very, we're, we're yeah, and you know my partner rates you quite well, and I've worked with him for for decades. Um, you know he's he's got space uh, uh, set aside for when this gets figured out for a big big one, um, big big uh, uh, metal uh, and ceramic, hopefully. Yeah. Um, um, so that I, I really that's that's all the questions I have that I always like to kind of finish up with. You know, we we have people listening to the podcast that may not be as familiar with the products. Um, is there anything you want them to know about Ansys Additive that maybe the general user community isn't aware of? You know, there's there's a couple things that maybe the general user committee community is not really aware of, and that that's the link of ANSYS additive with a couple of our other product lines mm-hmm. where you can really get some good synergy in an organization. One of those is with our Granta additive mm-hmm. uh, 
initiative. So Granta is our materials database or materials management system where you can track all of the experiments and simulations you've been doing so that you can come up with the right assumptions for your material models for all of your simulations, as well as just for design uh, allowables and things like that. So Granta is this amazing tool that lets you store and track uh, in the area of additive manufacturing, you can store and track uh, all of your, you know, powder recycling and all of your linkages between, you know, raw material, process parameters, experimental results, simulations we've done from that, and uh, heat treatment, all of these things that just really are difficult to manage when you're qualifying additive. Um, now, this grant to additive piece you know, combined with our simulation tools really is helping people accelerate their qualification schemes. So if you can keep all this data together and organized well, then then certifying a new geometry becomes much easier and much cheaper. Mm-hmm. And so that's one area that I think people should look into if they're if they're in an industry where um, they have a, a stringent certification and qualification criteria. I think grant to additive is going to save them a, a boatload of money and time. Um, the other thing I think is has been really interesting is a couple of things I've seen our ACE engineers do in the area of digital twins and additive. And we've seen some early success by using some of our, um, you know, tools for digital twin combined with maybe some traditional simulation, like a fluent simulation for looking at flow and then combined with the additive simulations to really zero in on the correct designs. And then even on how, um, how is this part going to perform and how do we monitor and control you know mm-hmm. this system as it's being put into operation and you know that's that's an early area we don't we don't see a lot of customers yet using our additive tools in their digital twin mm-hmm. side but some of the early pieces i've seen which i don't think we can talk about publicly right. have been really successful and so i think that's an up and coming area uh, in this digital twin area that that we'll find additive becoming stronger and stronger part of that that initiative. Cool. Yeah, the synergy that we're getting from some of these other acquisitions um, is pretty impressive. I, I'm always amazed at, uh, you know, it, it, it takes a little time, which is appropriate, but eventually when they get them all working together, Boy, you can save so much time and money. It's it's really nice. Um, well, that's about all I got for today. I really appreciate your time. I learned a few things that I didn't know. So um, hopefully our listeners did the same. Um, and um, I hope you enjoy the, the 2021. I, um, it's going to be, I think, a fantastic year for ANSYS and uh, going to see even more great things happening. So I, I do appreciate your time. Absolutely. Thank you for the opportunity to be here today. Thank you. All right. Well, welcome back. It's it's great to get this information from a person that is in the middle of it all. Uh, we can't wait to get our hands on 2021 R1 and start using some of the new tools for ourselves, as well as to help our customers that use ANSYS Additive get their hands on it as well. Uh, it just keeps getting better and better. If you want to learn more, 
and you are one of PDT's customers, just go ahead and reach out to your salesperson or to the tech support team, and we'll we'll be happy to set up a time to talk about what you can do with it, um, and we, we'll talk more about it. If not, if you're not a PDT customer, just go to the ANSYS website and go to Products, Structures, ANSYS Additive Suite, um, and there's quite a bit of good information there and uh, lots of buttons to click to ask somebody to reach out and talk to you about it. So it's time for our commercial. And so new year, new commercial. Uh, I want to talk about our ANSYS mentoring offering. Mentoring is one-on-one support where you get one or more PDT experts assigned to help you. You can use that for custom training, doing a simulation, then showing you how to do it yourself, helping solve a tough problem. Uh, Maybe it's getting support beyond what your maintenance support includes. As you plan your year out, and get to the parts where you think you might need some extra help, reach out to us at support at PDTINC.com. And uh, Joe Woodward or Ted Harris, who've been on this podcast many times, uh, will we'll reach out and uh, set up a time to learn more. It's it's really is an investment that the customers that use our mentoring say pays very well. It's, it's not as good as investment as Bitcoin is right now, but uh, you know, Bitcoin will crash someday soon. What you get out of PADT's mentoring will last pretty much forever. So in the world of news, let's start with the ANSYS stock. Taking a look back at 2020 and how ANSYS stock did, there was a rally at the end of the year, um, and they did very well indeed. They finished the year at $373.85 a share, uh, having started at $256. So that's $117. If you bought if you bought uh, one share, you would have made $117 on it. That's $41, or 41.57% gain for the year. The S&P, that's his comparison, went up 15%. Uh, from the start to the end of the year. The other stocks we watched did even better. Um, <clears throat> PTC, which is more of a PLM play, did 58%. Autodesk was up 62%. Um, and Altair, which is the closest to ANSYS, um, did 60.5% growth. But they were kind of struggling last year. So I think um, they had a, a lot of room to go up, whereas ANSYS went from, from great to greater, right? Um <clears throat> The ANSYS did hit an all-time high for 2020, actually for everything uh, before uh, 2020 as well. Uh, just before Christmas, I think on the 24th, they were at $364 a share. And that was what I was going to say was the high. But then um, let me check because um, when I was writing all this down, they had uh, set a new high. Let's see where it closed um, at 374. So they did. They set a uh, a new all-time high for ANSA stock at um, $374 a share. So a little bit better than the peak before. So um, during during the day, they were at 375.78 was the all-time high that they hit earlier today. So off to a good start for 2021 for ANSA stock. We'll see how it goes from there. Um, good good stuff going on and. Uh, in other ANSYS news, um, there's really nothing. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't have anything that they announced. Um, one thing that did come out that's worth sharing is that um, they did release the results. They announced the results of the 2020 Art of um, what is it called? Art of Simulation Competition. Uh, you can check it out at www.ansys.com slash other slash art dash of dash simulation, or you can search for ANSYS Art of Simulation and find it that way. Um, this is more than eye candy, um, though it is really nice eye candy in all the different physics that ANSYS supports. These are real world complex problems uh, solved well. Um, there's a brake, there's an engine block, there's blood vessels, and even a CFD simulation of someone's apartment. 
So uh, do check that out. Take a look and see how that goes. Um, no news from PADT to share with you for the beginning of the year. <clears throat> uh, let's talk about blogs. So um, just like us, it seems like at the end of the year, they published a bunch of blog articles. Um, I'll talk about ours in a second. Um, for the ANSYS blog, they had quite a few. I picked I picked three like I usually do, but there's more there. So do go to ansys.com slash blog to learn more and see what other articles might interest you. may not be the same thing I'm interested in. The first one I picked uh, was called A Better Way to Generate and Deliver X-Rays, and it looks at how to combine accelerators, so like particle accelerators, and um, lasers to create high-energy X-ray beams. It's bleeding-edge stuff, um, has a lot of medical applications, so a really powerful small beam, um, and it's from an ANSYS startup company called Lumitron Technologies. So do check that out. It's pretty interesting. Uh, it's got some fluent in there. It's got some HFSS. Uh, neat stuff. Then the second one um, was called Solving Composite Design Challenges with Engineering Simulation. And it, it basically does what the title says. Um, it goes over the ANSYS Composite offerings. Uh, so if you haven't uh, looked at ANSYS Composites, the ANSYS Composite Prep and Post Process, or ACP we call it, um, do take a look at this article. It's a good high-level overview. And then it goes on to talk about one of the probably the best features in uh, the uh, composite tool is now they support the HD5F or F5 format, HD. F5. I always want to switch those two. Um, and that's a file format that all of the composite layup tools support to for manufacturing to say, here's here's the different layers, here's how things are oriented, here's how the fibers are oriented. Um, very and and if you listen to the to the interview on this podcast, you'll know that um, even the ANSYS additive folks are using it for composite as well. So that allows you to take layups from Antiform, CADWINE, 9T Labs, and Hexagon and import those into ANSYS for simulation. So big, big time saver there. And the last one um, is called Repairing Bone Loss with Simulation, genera uh, simulation Generated Patient-Specific Implants. Um, I chose it because it combines um, some of my favorite things, simulation, 3D printing, and medical. Uh, it's a great example of how using virtual tools to design custom solutions only in, is only enabled through ANSYS and 3D printing combined. So basically what they do is they take a CT scan of, say, someone's jaw that has had cancer and they had to remove the bone, and then they design... Um, in the past, they would use CAD tools to just kind of stick a piece of metal in there. Now they use ANSYS uh, and some of our optimization capabilities in the additive suite to not just put in a piece of metal, but to optimize the shape of that metal so that it has the same stiffness as the other side of the jaw, right? So you can imagine you don't want to have one side stiffer than the other. So um, And also survive and fatigue and all those things. So do check that out. It's a really fascinating article. Uh, a great use of all the technologies of simulation and 3D printing. On our blog, we did the same thing. We all, we all uh, kind of realized we needed to write some articles, so we got them out there. Um, the first one the, that I want to mention is uh, also about 3D printing and simulation and biological, but it's bio-inspired rather than medical. Uh, we shared uh, three academic papers that PDT contributed to on simulating bio-inspired geometries. 
So PADT's Alex Grishin, uh, who's been on the podcast before, did most of the work here, uh, along with our partner ASU. This is the, uh, we've talked about in the past, we have a NASA STTR that we have with ASU that is looking at how to take, um, you know, organic structures and use them in engineering and really focusing on honeycombs initially. So these papers are all about understanding honeycomb structures and additive manufacturing. And there are three different papers that look at different aspects of simulating and testing these honeycombs structures, both natural as well as 3D printed. Then the next one is our very own Josh Stout added a post called Using ANSYS Ice Pack Results in ANSYS Mechanical. So if you're doing electrical cooling and you want to take your thermal loads from your electrical cooling simulation and ice pack and put them into mechanical, uh, he gives a detailed step-by-step -step instructions on how to take different kinds of loads. And there's several different approaches, like always with ANSYS, um, and get them into mechanical. It's very useful. And he's even included an example Python script for one of the methodologies that he likes to do that uh, solves a little bit of a problem that uh, he ran into. So good stuff. Check that out. Um, and last um, is I actually had time to write um, six articles. It's uh, six posts that I did on how to get better quality output from ANSYS Mechanical. When we look at the statistics on our blog, uh, every month, one of the top 10 articles is uh, making pretty plots in ANSYS Mechanical and ANSYS APDL. And we haven't updated that in, in quite some time. I think it's about three or four years old. So I started the pro, I was doing some marketing, uh, making pretty pictures for marketing and decided, hey, <clears throat> I should probably, while I'm doing this, use that as an opportunity to update, making plots. Uh, I should use that as an opportunity to update what's available in Mechanical now. And that turned into a whole series. So we start with that, how to make high uh, resolution images with transparent backgrounds. Then we talk about how to make um, really, really high quality images um, using uh, ANSYS Insight, which is a, a high-end post-processor that ANSYS has, and basically rendered images. Then we talk about videos, different options for making videos. Then uh, my favorite is how to make animated GIFs that are high quality. Um, and you can get some really nice looking ones. Then we talk about 3D plots on web page. I don't know if you know this, but there's a there's a file format called X3D that's also a standard that allows you to embed 3D results, uh, contour plots into, as well as CAD files if you want to, into a web page and, and view them. It uses JavaScript. The article goes into the details. And then last but not least, and some of you may have seen this in some of our, uh, uh, on LinkedIn, I've talked about it quite a bit, is how to make a physical printout on our on a 3D printer. So we have a color 3D printer, a J55 from Stratasys. And um, I figured while I'm here, let's figure out how to print this thing. So uh, I did. And um, it's pretty cool. Do, do check that out. Uh, all of those are there. So I think everybody should take a look at how to make, if you're a mechanical user, how to make the high resolution images and the rest of it uh, if you need it. So hope you enjoy those three blog posts that we did um, at the end of the year. Uh, upcoming events. We've got, um, let's see, uh, if you're in Arizona on the 14th of January, we've got our first tech business networking event. Uh, it's the 10th one we've done since COVID started, and that's from 5 to 6.30 on Wednesday the 14th. Then we've got a webinar, Optimize Additive Topology with FDM Fixture Generator. So <clears throat> this is a this is for um, both ANSYS and Stratasys people. So um, it's, it's basically how to um, create fixtures um, for FDM printing using topology optimization. And uh, that one is on the 21st. And then on the 22nd, we have a panel discussion on the 
present and future of optimizing topology for manufacturing. Well, we'll uh, sit down with some folks from ANSYS as well as N Topology and PADT and talk about um, basically um, using topology optimization for manufacturing. Right? We usually talk about it um, for the end part itself, but what about using it in manufacturing? So really interesting topic, uh, especially for those of you that are listening about um, additive manufacturing. Um, the only ANSYS event I want to share with you is it's time to start thinking about ANSYS Simulation World. That was our first uh, global user conference that was online last year, and it was such a success that they're doing it again this year. Uh, it's April 20th through the 21st. You can find out more about it by going to simulationworld.com. That's one word, simulationworld.com. Um, and they're looking for presentations now. So if you've got something you want to share with the greater ANSYS user community, check out the form there uh, and submit. Uh, it was a great event last year. I really enjoyed it. Uh, learned a ton. Um, got to virtually meet a couple of people. And I hope it'll be a little bit even better this year now that we've um, that was put together very quickly because, uh, you know, COVID, we had to cancel all the user group meetings. So um, I'm hoping uh, this one will go, go as well or better. So I uh, look forward to seeing some of you people there. So I want to thank everybody. Um, that's, that's pretty much it. All I got for the day. Don't forget to subscribe at www.padtinc.com slash opt in and that's to subscribe to our newsletter spread the word be safe uh even a mild case of this virus really sucks i'm just finally getting over the brain fog which was really weird um and um if you get really sick um it, it's it's you've all seen the stats it's not it's not fun so do be safe out there it's widespread and it's it's simple math um and it's hard to avoid right now so um on that positive note uh, don't hesitate to reach out and uh, we hope to talk to some of you soon Thank you for joining us for the All Things Answers podcast, episode 79. As a reminder, this podcast is not affiliated in any way with Answers Inc., and the opinions expressed are those of the people on the show only and not of the current or former employers. For more information, visit www.padtinc.com slash blog, and please share your thoughts and questions through an email to podcast at padtinc.com. See you next time.